Yes, I know. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Right Away Podcast. Things are going to sound a little different this week. My computer is solidly broke, broke. So we're recording this podcast on JP's computer, one shot, no intro or outro, and you'll probably hear Smalls and Co. in the background. Um, this is our book club podcast for the month, and we chose Money Honey by Rachel Richards, which is a book on personal finance. And with me for this conversation, um, I have a couple of fellows from last month, uh, JP Renflesh. I'm always going to say your name different every, every time. And Lon Varnador. And JP has a special message for us. All right. The information provided in this podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not intended and under no circumstances should it be construed as providing personal investment, tax, or legal advice or recommendation. Did you read it straight from the book? I sure did. That's excellent. (laughs) Okay, so this is a book on personal finance. um, And some people might wonder why we're talking about that on a book about growing uh, on a podcast slash book club that's about growing our author business. But I very firmly believe that getting your personal finance in gear is extremely important to getting your writing business in gear. So... That's why we picked this one. Um, guys, first thoughts. I absolutely love the sass of this book. Uh, it definitely like brought it down to like a level of like, this is your best friend telling you like some solid financial advice. Um, and, you know, it gave me a little kick in the pants. So I, I don't know. I liked it. Excellent. I thought it was really good too and and listening to the very beginning with the because I I listened to the audio uh, the first part of it was talking about finance is about uh, is about as much fun as watching paint dry it's like yes yes it is and then just getting through that and just listening to the rest of the rather sassy you know information uh, tell, that was uh, that was given. It was just like, okay, that, no, it's still kind of dry, but it's in a much more informal tone and much better, really. So. Yeah, one of the things I really liked uh, about Rachel herself um, is that I, th- I think she says that she achieved financial independence slash, slash retiring by age 29. It might have even been younger. Mm. Um but there's a lot of coaches like on Instagram specifically, like who market themselves as like six figure business owner by 26. And most of the time I look at them and I'm like, I don't actually want you to teach me anything because I think you kind of lucked out and not to judge people anything, but it could have been because you're young and cute. It could have been just because you're a really good social media person. You don't tell me why and how you earn six figures at that young age, just that you're magic for earning at that young age. And Rachel does not do that. She's like, I started selling Cutco knives and then I did this and then I did that. And now I own you know, 32 doors, uh, rental doors. And that's my main income. COVID hit that, but then I have the income from the book. Like she lays it all out. Yeah. And that makes me trust her. Yeah, for sure. Same. Very much so. <laughs> this isn't this isn't like oh hey you know i'm i'm internet famous and i you know i get six figures or seven almost seven figures doing this and it's like you are pretty that's pretty much it you become a you've become an influencer congratulations 
Yeah, and there's also pretty people who do work really hard, but it's really hard to see beyond the facade of of the internet. Like you've really got to like lay it out there and share Mm -hmm. if you want to use lessons to teach people how to how to actually build their own. Um, Another reason I think Rachel is really good for authors to read is her focus on passive income. And Mm -hmm. she, because she wrote this book, she does use books as one element of her passive income, but not the only element. Correct. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it was really nice being able to kind of see her progression as to, you know, as someone who is not necessarily fully in the author business, but someone who's just starting out, like I still have that average nine to five. So kind of getting that person who was in the same boat as I am and seeing how their path went, it definitely like lays a plan ahead for how I could perceive um, having this sort of system built up so that I am more prepared when I, you know, go full time. What was the most useful thing for either of you if, if there was something that you feel like you can apply right away? Uh, for me, it was the, the four bucket system because mm-hmm. I definitely use like a, a one and a half bucket system. <laughs> um, can you explain that a little bit of that for? Yeah, definitely. Years? So um, she has this concept where you, you should have four buckets of where you're putting your money away. Um, the first one is emergency and it should be roughly about a thousand, uh, dollars. And that should be in like something you can easily grab, but that's, you know, car breaks on, et cetera. Then you got your, uh, short term. So anything that kind of happens within a year, as well as about a six month, uh, salary, um, this should be in a high yield savings, but it's still something you should be able to easily access because it's within a year. Then you've got long term. So this is bigger events that are about a year away, more life events, um, this should go in the stock market. And then you've got your fourth bucket, which is retirement. And that's kind of just this big bucket you should be filling everything in. But she kind of has this system where you should almost always be giving money into retirement, but you should be starting at bucket one and kind of dripping down as you continue to fill each one. Yeah. And she picks out um, kind of an arbitrary number of 1000. She says your, your emergency fund may be lower or higher, what you feel like you need to have on hand. And I chose that pretty much as my number as well. Um, and so I had a big personal celebration when I was able to hit that amount in my savings. And I don't know that I, other than when I was preparing for, um, you know, having smalls and having to, you know, cover my maternity leave, I don't think I've ever had that much saved. Um, so that feels really amazing. I think the thing that I took away as my most immediately applicable thing is I've always been intimidated by the stock market. Um, and so she recommended an app that, you know, it's not your best as far as like returns, because I think they charge you like a dollar a month. Um, and they're, and they're not very clear about that. Um, but acorn. And so now I just drop in like $25 a month and then it can can do the roundup on your, um, if you hook up your debit card or credit card, it'll do roundups based on your purchases. Um, and you know, drip a little bit more money on there. Um, and so I started that. I don't know, four or five months ago when the first time I read the book before she put out the second edition. Um, and that makes me feel really powerful that I like, even though it's this tiny, tiny little bucket, I, I'm like, I'm investing. So I, sorry to jump in, but I have like a really fun workaround for acorns. Cause I didn't, I don't like paying a dollar a month cause I'm that stingy of a person. Um, so she mentions this other app capital it's capital. Like you normally spell it with a Q instead. Um, and that is totally free. And you can put a rule on there for roundup rules, and then it will slowly mm. accrue an amount. Now, 
it doesn't invest. So then you have to take that bucket of money once you've kind of accrued it. And then I use an app called M1 Finance um, and that you can create a, a pie of different stocks and you can buy portions of stocks. So you could even say that you wanted Apple and you don't have, I don't know what it's at right now, probably like 900 or some crazy number. You don't have that number, but you could put a couple dollars towards Apple and this pie will just buy fractions of these stocks. Um, so I really like using those two apps in tandem uh, just as a random recommendation. Yeah, no, I love that. I opened a Vanguard account at the same time I opened Acorn and uh, stuck like $40 in there and promptly got overwhelmed by the fact that I couldn't afford anything with $40. So yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that's definitely helpful. why I like M1. M1 Finance is uh, really good at doing those little partial stocks. Yeah. Well, Elon, anything that... Just, unfortunately, just everything. Just there, there's no one single bit. Um, also, just I was sort of listening to it and just sort of letting it flow over. So it was like, okay. And I just, it was one of those like, okay, I need to go back and list, look at this again. And I, I do have the actual like ebook and I have to go at some point and, you know, drill down onto different things like personal finance and the, and also, uh, investing and just uh and retirement and just everything like i said like it's i am a financial mess so. <laughs> i i'm part of the financial mess club awesome <laughs> I, also <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to say that writers are like more financially messy because i think that's just a creatives in general like we tend to like try and ignore that dirty money thing uh, but please give us it. We just don't want to have to like, you know, we just want to buy our coffees and our computers, right? And books. Give but. us our mound of, mound of books, our computer and printer paper. And for me, soda and for everyone else, uh, coffee, because uh, I'm weird. Uh, and yeah, we'd be fine. <laughs> so this book, I would say is for people who don't really have a clue. Uh, this is such an amazing beginning book uh, on personal finance. Um, I'm in her class right now and it does feel a little bit slightly next level. She's got a lot more um, spreadsheets um, on like tracking your total net worth. Um, and it's uh, surprisingly have a net worth that is positive. It's not highly positive, but it's positive. <laughs> and it's fun to be able to look at that. And, and she has it so that you can track it month over month. Um, and so I, I recommend reading the book first because um, I feel like that's the, the easiest step and you can pick out like your, your first step or two. Um, and then uh, for people who need like more attention or just have more questions and really like her style and her, and her character, and her class is great. Yeah. Um, one thing I think I would recommend to anyone, especially who may be, um, you know, working a nine to five, because um, I've kind of, I've switched companies a few times here and there. I've had multiple 401ks, but I've had to move, is she kind of steers away from the use of a, a financial advisor, but um, I just happen to have one. And I personally like him because uh, he's just able to offer that kind of advice. And we have a pretty good deal where, you know, he takes based off of if my investments actually make money and then he makes a small fraction of that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a good setup, um, especially if you have, 
you like you need that assistance of figuring out how you can move a 401k from here to here without screwing it up because like I don't necessarily have the time to really educate myself 100% on that and so it's kind of a good starter and then once you get more comfortable with it then you can maybe wean off of them. Do you have any advice for finding a good financial advisor or did you just kind of luck into to mine was yours? A fine, uh, mine was a family one so no. Yeah. So ask your family folks and ask your friends and their parents. Yeah, I think that that's, that's really key. We're too us. old for me for not knowing enough about this. That's the status part of this. Like we should know this stuff and they don't teach it to us in school. That's no. very true. No. Very, very true. Uh, that was one thing I just kept nodding to at the beginning. It's like, they don't teach this stuff in school. It's like, no, they don't. I mean, I, rem- I, I do remember when I was really young, they taught us how to balance a checkbook. Balance a checkbook. Like, we use this a checkbook. Like uh, for for like one like one class session, that was it. It's like this is how you do it. Okay, now we move on. It was like okay, and I mean, I still use checks once in a great while. So, but I have I mean, used them for two people in the last ten years, and they were my ex's grandmother and my grandmother. Amazing. <laughs> Because they didn't trust PayPal. Mm-hmm. That PayPal's anyway. going to get you. <laughs> All right, JP, will you tell us what book we are going to do for next month? Yes, we are going to do uh, Invisible Ink. I remembered it. I'm sorry. I was going to say a different word. Um, we are going to do Invisible Ink. Uh, By Brian McDonald. Um, there, I think, I think all, all three of us are Brian McDonald geeks. Yes, Lon, you are also McDonald geek. Eh, good. We need some yeah. eh in, in the conversation. Yeah. Um, uh, our mentor Jay Thorne, uh, turned us on to his podcast, Are You a Storyteller, a few months ago. And, um, a, a good handful of us promptly tore through everything that man has created on the art of story. Um, so that will be good, especially if Lon is eh, that will good, have good conversation. So I will see you guys next month. All right. See ya. Bye.